Welcome back, everyone. We are back with a very cool guest. Uh, this is Queer Halftime. My name is Becca. I use she, they pronouns. Um, we are here with practicum student Paige. Hello, I'm Paige. I use they, them pronouns. And we are here with Michael Fair. Hello, hello. Uh, he and him, and it's nice to be back. Perfect. Um, so we talked a little bit last time about um, the importance of learning our history and everything. And so we're going to dive a little deeper into that um, with your work, firstly, with the AIDS Network of Edmonton, uh, which apparently started in your basement. Am I correct? I, actually, my dining room. Oh, your dining room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and what was that like at the time? Well, um, so so if I give just a, a little bit of a background, um, you know, HIV AIDS was um, kind of identified in, in 1981, 82, um, and primarily in New York City, um, uh, uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, et cetera. Um, and by by about 82 and three, also in Vancouver, but there were no cases in Edmonton and um I was quoted as saying that it's too cold <laughs> in Edmonton. It'll never come here because I was pretty ignorant <laughs> along with a lot of other. And I think uh, that sentiment was uh, shared by others as well. Um, it's also true that we didn't know what was causing it. And we didn't know it was a virus at that point. Um, that wasn't known until 19, um, uh, the end of uh, 1983 okay. uh, when it was uh, identified strictly as a, as a virus. So, um, then moving forward to Edmonton on July 1st, 1984, the first person in, in Edmonton was identified with AIDS and that was Ross Armstrong. Um, uh, and uh, July 1st was the holiday Monday in, in Canada, of course. Um, and on the, the, um, on that day, um, I, I had a group of, uh, friends of mine here, um, for a, a, a July 1st holiday party, kind of. And then we walked down to see the fireworks. Um, and the it, 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 we talked about a lot of things. I had just come back from San Francisco, spending a year at school there. Oh, wow. And so I, I was quite aware of of AIDS there, where which was everywhere. And that it was a terrible, uh, uh, what was happening in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, so in talking with others, you know, talked a little bit about it and nothing was happening. Basically, it was very little of anything happening in Edmonton. Um, that the following day after July 1st, I had a call uh, from the media asking about what we were doing in relation to the first case in Edmonton and uh, as a, a member of the community. Um, and and I was, for some reason, smart enough to say, uh, rather than say nothing, that we're doing nothing to say that um, we're working on it. We'll get back to you kind of thing. In <laughs> that too. And of course the, the truth was we weren't doing anything um, and there was nothing to get back to um, at that time. But, but that spurred um, myself. I called uh, some other uh, folks um, uh, that I knew and that I talked with a bit and set up, uh, I think the next day or the day after uh, a meeting that was held in my uh, in my dining room in my place um, about HIV and, and what we should be doing. Uh, and at that meeting, there were five, uh, five or six of us. Um, uh, two of the one of the persons uh, uh, was Liz Messiah. The other was a. Uh, um, a fellow whose name all of a sudden escapes me, uh, both pushed that we should um, we should recognize that that dealing with HIV was more than just our community. It needed to be others involved. And so that's why we came up with the name AIDS Network of Edmonton. Um, and uh, that was the name that we used for many years. It's, it's now uh, HIV Edmonton, uh, but it's the same group uh, or the same it started all with that. Um, and so that was a tentative beginning would have been like on July 3rd or something, I think probably um, not as a, as an organ, official organization, just a group of us kind of thing, saying we need to get started. And, and uh, uh, then identifying a few of the goals that we thought are things we needed to do right away. Um, uh, one of the people who was part of our group knew 
the individual who had been identified at that time all we that time we just knew there was one person we didn't know who it was but one of the members of our group knew who it was um and and is Ross Armstrong um and I do say it uses name because we we did name a, a um a program and building after him at one point in time and he was he became heavily involved um but at the time um uh I had met Ross I knew who he was but I didn't know him well kind of thing that uh as, as well as such um so, so that was the very, very beginning was those first couple of days of July in 1984 with an informal group of us that sat around my table, came up with a name, a few directions that we wanted to make. Um, and uh, probably uh, sitting in a bit of terror, um, I knew a lot. About, I had seen the ravages in San Francisco in particular. I had gone to San Francisco in August of 1983 for a school year. And my first week there, I was at a funeral of someone who died of AIDS. Oh, wow. I, I rented uh, with a, uh, I, I rented a place with another fellow who, and this was a friend of this fellow. Um, and he had said to me, he said, oh, I don't know whether I can go to this. I've been to so many. And I said, well, I'll go along. And so I went with him to, to this uh, particular funeral. And that was my introduction to it. Um, and my whole time in San Francisco, that was, was dominated by HIV AIDS, AIDS at that time, HIV um, and that as well. I, I probably should mention that the early years, even up to somewhat of this time, uh, it was called GRIT, which was the gay related immune disease kind of thing in that. Actually, that was what it was called. Um, um, identifying it, you know, somehow we caused it kind of thing in that in some way. Um, and, and that term took a while to get to change to AIDS, AIDS um, uh, 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 immunity deficiency, um, because of course it spread to other people that were not gay yeah. or lesbian, you know, part of our community at all kind of thing that as time went on. Um, so, so that was the very beginning. Wow. Um, I didn't realize and, it started that quickly. That was it did um informally um we we then um after the next couple of months um, became a committee under gate gay lines towards equality and that because we we didn't have any status and and we didn't think and, and although we debated about coming organization it was like we have things to do we need to get moving and that small group of us and some others then that joined, we 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 put out a um, in those days, you know, we, I'm talking about putting out a uh, something written at the bars and clubs that this was before anything electronic about uh, us and uh, having a meeting and if you're interested, come and that and so we grew to, I think about 20, 22 members by September, kind of thing in that of, of that year, and we would meet at gate at that point. Then we stopped meeting at my place because I couldn't handle quite that number in my dining room, kind of thing. That and plus we needed to do that, um, uh, and and functioning under gate gave us some legitimacy in that regard as well. Sure. Um, uh, but we we immediately um, did. Um, uh, kind of th identified three things. One was to provide support for people who had AIDS or, or who who uh, were positive uh, for HIV. Um, and the second was to provide education to both the community and the general public about AIDS and what we knew and and that kind of thing and that. Um, and the third was uh, the rough sense of advocacy, um, what we needed to do in the public realm, the healthcare realm, et cetera, in the political realm uh, kind of thing. And those were kind of the three um, that we did. And uh, on the first one of supporting, um, after the identification of the first case, it wasn't long before there was a second case and then a third case. Um, and I think by by the time we got to the end of 84, there were at least five or six cases of, of people who had okay. AIDS um, identified. Not all of them were known to us, but a number of them were. Um, uh, and, and the context of the time was... And 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 uh, probably the most critical part was everybody died of AIDS. Nobody lived more than two years. Um, uh, and in general, then and throughout the first 15 years, most people were roughly like 21, 22 to 32, 33. They, they were 
most of them were people of the same age of us who were working on it kind of thing that too um and and they all died if they they were infected the 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 second group that was part of the um that providing support was what we called the worried well um we were talking and that was people who were concerned that they might have gotten it because in the beginning um it was it, it clearly you could have been infected and you might be well for some months and not know you were infected. Okay. Um, and, and those folks were very worried. Um, uh, and that, as well as some people who weren't infected at all, probably that, but were still worried about how to deal, what to do kind of thing in that, um, uh, that, um, so we, 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 um, set up a phone, a, a phone number to be called, which was actually my home phone number. I, I managed that for the first year or so, I wow. think, kind of thing. Like that. Um, um, and then also uh, putting together some literature. We had and we got uh, some uh, pamphlets from from uh, Toronto, New York City, a number of places, and basically took that and and rewrote it Edmonton, you know, putting the Edmonton in kind of thing in that. Um, and, and might've uh, changed it a bit, uh, you know, to fit the local scene. But we had uh, indirect support from the province. Most of those things were done by people who had access to um, work for the province and then did that and then ran it off, Xeroxed it. I had Xeroxed hundreds of copies in my office. I worked for the province at that time. Um, which I shouldn't have done. I mean, you know, kind of thing that whatever, that's how it got. And not only me. We've all used <laughs> the word printer before. Yeah, we had, you know, have. <laughs> we had to do things to get that done and going. Um, um, and then um, we started distributing that at primarily the, the clubs and then to gay lesbian organizations, um, the, you know, number of groups that, that were involved with sports, a number of groups that were involved uh, with, with they had church related, blah, 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 and we would distribute and, and we had some, we did some talks. Um, our main contact in the, well, there were a couple, I suppose, in the health field uh, uh, was the, the um, uh, sexual uh, health clinic, which which has got a different name these days. Um, I forget exactly what they call it. Um, and and uh, Dr. Ro Barbara Romanowski headed that up. And, and she knew more about HIV AIDS in Edmonton than anybody else in the health field at all. She'd been keeping track as soon as it appeared in the U.S. kind of thing in that. And was well, and, and she, wow. and she was, she was a godsend to us. Um, um, she would always was there for advice and for anything we had. And most folks that, that were going to be tested were tested at her clinic. Um, and she had staff trained um, about the concerns that people had um, also working with people who, who, who were positive and what that meant and trying to assist, et cetera, and that, um, and for years. And she also, that was a provincial um, office uh, run by the provincial government. Uh, she was part of the you know provincial health system in, in those days, community health services uh, that, at that time. Um, and so she had access further up the line as well um, as such. Um, and so that's how we got some of the educational materials was, was by getting from others, reformatting it, you know, kind of thing that doing it on, in our offices, the number of us who worked for the province and then Xeroxing hundreds of stuff. I do tell that, um, one of the times I Xeroxed stuff, blah, 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 kind of thing in that. And when I came to the office the next day, um, uh, the secretary that worked with me when this was days the secretary is in existence, you know, this is way back in 84, 85, came in and said, um, I think you left this on the Xerox machine. It was the original, of course, because I forgot to take it off kind of thing. And I was like, oh, God, kind of thing of that. Um, and then said to me, why don't you just give it to me next time and let me do it? And, that, and, and, you know, they were, our stuff was fairly graphic, you know, um, kind of thing that, and I said, well, I kind of thing. And she said, just give it to me kind of thing that. And so in fact, my office staff did run a lot of stuff off and they also typed a lot of it. And then the end as well, because they, they, oh, wow. they were just, anyway, I was very fortunate. They were both, um, uh, both of those individuals were, were quite young women, um, um, 
who were very good at all this and they knew I was useless, a kind of thing that too. It was very helpful. But others <laughs> did things like that as well. Um, uh, that so that we had some some of that kind of information. Um, and I always remember that we talked with, and, and by this time, there were a number of people we were part of, um, and and we met with uh, Dr. Barbara Romanowski, and one of the things I remember saying is, so so she was asking what she, else she could do, and we talked about that, um, and she was talking about what she was doing in her clinic to help people, and blah, 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 and I said, so, you know, what we we also need some some more literature and stuff that's that's done, and, and you know, why aren't you doing some of that and putting that up, and she said to me, Michael, if we do it, no one will know what it says. You need to do it in language that people understand. We can help run it off, but you don't want us writing it. And that, and and sure. and she was right about that. We needed to be very specific and talk about um, penises and um, etc. You know, in very straightforward language about yeah. about how <laughs> HIV, how the virus is, is spread and what it means, kind of thing, and that as well. Um, so, so, so that was um, uh, some of the education on the support side. Um, was um, uh, we then also um, put out information, or we put out um, posters or sign whatever, asking for volunteers who would um, support folks and would we would provide some training. We had a couple of people that knew how to do that. Um, and by that time, we were an organization kind of in that. We, we, uh, we, we were, we, although we were still under gate, uh, we s soon became our own organization about, about a year later in, in, in uh, 80, um, 85. Um, that eventually, we had nearly 100 uh, volunteers um, that we, we oh, wow. trained, uh, both men and women. We, we had a, a very large number of young women, uh, not all lesbians, but a lot of them. Many who, well, many who knew a lot about healthcare in the first place and about all of that kind of stuff and that, which many of us did. And um, without sounding too stereotypic, um, knew what it meant to support people and help folks and how to do, you know, what that out meant on a day-to-day -day basis kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. and were wanted to provide that kind of help kind of that. So, so, um, uh, but we did train people. Um, and, and um, I, I, it, it was probably, um, it was by far the most uh, difficult uh, uh, work because um, eventually volunteers would work with person X who, who was positive and would help with groceries that were taking them to places, depending on their health status, kind of thing and that, um, visit them, keep in contact, et cetera, and that. Um, and everything they did, they knew the person was going to die because no one lived more than two years. Um, uh, yeah. it, it was terrible. It, I can't tell you um, how, how, how traumatic that was for all of us and that because everything we did... Um, was helpful to the individuals, but 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 it they still died. And volunteers stayed with them all through that and through the dying process. Um, um, we we had to do funerals for some folks. We had um, funeral homes that wouldn't take the bodies. No, we had all kinds of things that were uh, that that needed to be worked on. That volunteers were were part of, and they were all young. Um, mostly all young folks as well and and they were and many of them were helping people who they knew kind of thing in that in part of the community um it was i, I it was quite devastating it, it was really quite devastating for the community and, and myself as well you know i um one of the most difficult things for me is to kind of uh, to go through some of this again not again but to talk about it because it was it was a real epidemic um a pandemic and we were really um the only group initially dealing with it um uh we they worked with and in terms of kind of working with advocacy with the medical field i mean many of us early on um uh, i took food into a person or two in the hospital that the staff wouldn't take in i cleaned a room as well that the staff wouldn't go into they leave it outside and I have to take it in and not only me other other volunteers i don't want to you know, pretend that's all me, yeah. but, but the health yeah. profession wasn't. Um, one of the hardest things, uh, toughest, um, and, and, and I'll never forget, it was awful, um, 
is that uh, Ross Armstrong um, became part of our group and agreed to be public. And that, so he was the face of AIDS in Edmonton with the media and anyone. Um, and it, he and I went to the Edmonton Board of Health in those days was community health service to the province was that um, um, to meet with the head honcho uh, there about AIDS and what they were doing should be doing as a as a um, as a community health service for the whole city. Um, and he basically said to Ross and I that they deal with mothers and babies and they weren't interested kind of thing that it was horrible. It was, it, wow. was, it was so devastating for, I mean, it was devastating to hear that. And then he was saying that with Ross there who had AIDS and he knew that. And I was yeah. there kind of thing that it was, it was, I'll never forget the meeting. It was just both of us, um, I just were so downtrodden and didn't, it was kind of hard to know what to say, what to do. I mean, they changed over time and became helpful eight, nine months later on, you know, when they had anyway. Um, but that was the kind of thing that we ran into initially. Um, the whole health field changed. Um, hospitals started to train or, or do in-service with staff kind of thing and all of that to help them to know what was going on. Um, and that uh, to be clear on how you could how you could become infected kind of thing. And, and that it was through, um, uh, you know, blood and transmission, if you were using dirty needles or sexual um, and if you weren't doing sexual things with with men that were positive or or women as a as well, then that then you didn't you you know you were safe. Um, but we had to do yeah. oh this was in eighty five and eighty six and we didn't have much money to do anything. But we had to do ads in the LRT station on buses about how mosquitoes you cannot get AIDS from mosquitoes. That was a big all across North America that you could get it from mosquitoes, which you could not. It was not possible, kind of thing. Like that and I even today I, I resent having to spend that money at that time doing that. But it everywhere and we had tons of calls from people about mosquitoes kind of thing like that Ugh. but but yeah wow yeah because oh, there was, was a lot, lot of hysteria, hysteria right yeah, like days. how did the how did the general yeah, yeah, public yeah. of edmonton yeah, react yeah, yeah. when that first it was, case um, came out um well so uh, then we'll moving into a little bit of some of the advocates and the public um uh we as i said when we had that when i had that phone call i said well we're working on it so so we were able fairly shortly after to connect with um, um, a, a, a medical person who was at the university hospital and at the U university of Alberta is a joint kind of thing that who, who, who deals with this stuff. I mean, you know, communicable diseases and blah, blah, blah kind of thing in that as well. Um, and Barbara Romanowski, who I mentioned before. So she set up a meeting with, with this person and ourselves and we together worked out initial media conference to have um this was probably like two weeks after and you know something like that um and those two would be the prime people talking um um i would say a little something about we were doing some stuff but basically so they could indicate what this was and what they were doing and and uh that um uh, Barbara and, and um, uh, the, the physician uh, could say how it's being dealt with health wise and also say that you don't need to, you know, um, it, it uh, this is, uh, it is serious, but for you, uh, the only way you can, you can be infected is, you know, et cetera. And that, and that, uh, that went, uh, that was attended by all the media and all the rest. And that went pretty well. Um, what, developed fairly quickly after then is anytime there was anything in the news about AIDS anywhere in the country, um, the local media would call us um, about, you know, our response and what we had to say about it. And we had, by that time, we had somebody in our group who, who was a, a specialist in, in media and blah, 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 did some training sessions with myself and a couple others. So we knew better how to handle that. Um, and it helped us to see that that the local media people were there to do a job. They weren't there to be particularly negative or positive. They had a job to do. And that being able to respond to them quickly was extremely significant. You know, that's how they, their bread and butter kind of thing that too. So 
we and and I was I probably did more of that than anybody else because I was kind of head of all this. Um, um, we always responded very quickly as best we could in a very positive manner. Uh, we always got back to them. Uh, we never left them hanging. And and I would say that within a couple of months, um, they were almost always the media coverage was very positive in terms of. The AIDS network doing this and blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean the disease was everybody still died. I mean there, there was all that reality with it. Yeah. Um. But it was clear to me that most of the people in the media who were doing this on a regular basis had become very supportive, and very positive kind of thing in that too. And 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 I think uh, partly because we we did a good job of of of, of recognizing their role. They have a job to do. They're getting paid to do this, and they need it. And they need it right away. And, you know, so just do it from our part kind of thing in that and let them then. And so so the, and, and after a while, we wanted them to pick up these stories and write about them because we knew that influenced the general public. That was, you know, that was before the electronic age. That was the only way to the larger public to know yeah. what was going on was TV and radio and, and uh, uh, newspapers, essentially. Um, so that was... Um, uh, that became quite beneficial, quite frankly, over the long run. We were very fortunate in that. Um, I kind of think that too. Um, so um, it, I, I, as time went on and the numbers grew um, and the amount of work that needed to be done um, became quite overwhelming. Um, as I said, at about the middle of 85, we became a nonprofit organization, AIDS Network of Edmonton. Um, and as I said, we started in 84 um, and we did that media conference. We also did a fundraising, um, which um, uh, what was, was which we which we called Alice's Tea Party. And and I was Alice. No, I was the Queen of Hearts. Oh my at this event, and we had um, uh, another person in our group who worked for Edmonton Public Schools in the drama area, who said, "Oh, we got all the costumes for Alice. We can, I can get them." So we had all of the characters: Twiddly D and Twiddly Dumb, and um, Alice, which or Alice came later. I'll tell you about then. But the Queen of Hearts, of course, I was the Queen of Hearts, and got this as a souvenir eventually, kind of thing that. Um, oh my and, gosh. and we, we did a tea party with croquet and tea and little cucumber sandwiches at Victoria Park that we, we a couple of vo volunteers put all this together um, and we charged a little bit. And I think we made like $500. In those days, that was a lot of money kind of thing that as well and, and, and doing that event. And that was the first time that Ross came to something and he came as Alice, trash Alice and drag, you know, and trashy clothes <laughs> and the rest. He was wonderful. Because um, um, he was out of the hospital by that time. Um, and so, and that's when started to get to know, I started to get to know him better. And also that he started to become somewhat involved. And that involvement depended, of course, on his health status, because in those days, there, there was no treatment. They, some of the s symptoms, they were, you know, could be treated in hospital, some not so well. Um, and he was always in and out of the hospital for everybody. Most, almost everyone was in and out in that during that time. Um, uh, so, um, uh, but the, the, the with the, that initial money, there had been an event that the court of Isle Rose did at the club's um, uh, actually before the first case of AIDS, it was some interest in town and they raised some money. So they gave that money to us plus this $500. So we wanted them to rent an office. We needed a space. I, by that point, I had two computers and two people work part-time out of my house every day as I went to work. Plus I had a Xerox machine. As you walked in my front door, there was a Xerox machine. And that's where we Xerox what we could and that too. And it was like, you know, and, and it was my phone that, that all of this was done on as well. Kind of thing that, um, so, um, uh, we went looking for a place to rent. We had somebody in our group that would deal out to bit with real estate. Um, and every place we looked at that might be a possibility, when they found out who we were, um, you know, said, no, they, they didn't want us. Um, by coincidence, and, and, and that was in January, 
kind of and if end of January, early February, we were doing that. We had, I had a call from the media out of the clear blue um, asking us about what we were doing kind of thing. And then I said, well, we're trying to find an office. And I mentioned about our problem that no one would rent to us, blah, blah, blah. That became a big news story kind of thing in that, that they wrote about. It was in the news. Oh, I bet. So after that appeared in the news, I got a call from someone in the city land and buildings department. I don't remember who a woman called me. And she said, you know, the city owns a number of buildings and that. And we went them out at very low cost to nonprofit groups. And then you might want to look. And I was like, oh my, who do I need to call? Or, you know, kind of gave me the information. And we ultimately, which I called then into where I needed to. And ultimately we rented a space that was downtown just across from, right now it, it would be right where, where um, uh, uh, the um, Winspear uh, Center is, right in that area. Oh, okay. It was a two-story building and on the second floor, the first floor had a Chinese restaurant kind of thing. That, and it was near the law courts building as well. And the second floor was empty and we rented that. And that was our first then office kind of thing. It was like a miracle. We had an office uh, that, because um, that started to change the dynamic because we did have, we had gotten some money for, for um, um, you know, part-time people through one of the student things that, that the feds and province made available. Uh, so we had a couple of staff and, and we were, we got some money to hire. Um, they started to, to be someone who was basically a secretary kind of thing that and a phone that we could put in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and so, um, um, being now an organization that had its status, we were a nonprofit organization, we could also go after grants, the kind of thing that which we were able to get some of, we got some from the Edmonds Community Foundation, uh, the Starry Fund, um, I can't remember uh, in those days the number of different ones that they helped so that we we could do that and start to hire staff then on a full time basis that that could do this stuff because we it was too much work for any of us to keep up and most of us were you know had full time jobs as well you know this was all done in the evenings and weekends and people you know could could do that um, uh, uh, the big effort though um, was we we knew we needed to get some significant money from the province kind of thing that to make this happen um and by that time um that would have been 86 um uh, i was there had been a, a a couple of meetings of groups like ours across the country and what became the Canadian AIDS society, that was the uh, official name. Um, and, and a lot of talk among all the members about where they were getting money and what was happening. Toronto was the big one. We were doing a lot. Vancouver was, was, it was, not as much, but but some in that Montreal had two things going because they they had a number of cases of individuals who, who were, were black from Haiti. And then, then, the larger number from people gay and lesbian. So they, they kind of had two groups, organizations going on kind of thing in that as well. Um, but then there was groups like ours from all across the country, Winnipeg and Saskatchewan and you name it kind of thing in that too. Um, and so we all talked about having to get money from governments to in order to, to make the community groups go. Um, and so um, we started to advocate with local elected MLAs. Um, we worked with, at that time, a number of MLAs who were in opposition here in Edmonton. There were a number um, that were, including where I live. Um, uh, we had a, a member who was an ND at the time in the legislature, but elsewhere in the city as well. Um, uh, and then internally, um, uh, because I and talking again with particularly Barbara Romanowski, um, she indicated what she thought we had to kind of put together and and where to go internally in the administration to, so so that they would be able to say kind of where money would be and, and advise to ministers. Um, and um, because there had been a provincial election and the new MLA um, that, that took over health, uh, community health, uh, was from Calgary uh, and was familiar somewhat with AIDS, et cetera, and that. Um, in uh, 1986, I think, it might have been 87, I think it was 86, um, the province came out with a three or five year program for dealing with AIDS in Alberta. And we were actually the first province to come oh, up wow. with a provincial program. Um, 
the city of Toronto had provided money in Toronto, uh, but we were the first province to actually have that. And it included money for groups like ours in, the, in there, you know, Calgary and us and others in, in that. They, and they emphasized the money that went to research and some of the medical, but and then, but there was money for us as part of that as well. Um, uh, and and that really gave us some stability because it was a significant amount as well. It gave us stability then as an organization. We soon moved to another bigger facility with um, additional staff. Um, I, I then um, I, and and as we functioned, I would been you know the kind of the board chair for for that first parliament, and then I became the board chair of the Canadian AIDS Society and the National Group kind of thing. Then and then um, Larry Jewell, oh, wow. who was part of our group, became the the chair locally um, as well. Um, and and so that was part of the advocacy work was was getting funding, um, dealing with the media. Um, doing presentations, doing educational stuff. At the same time, the bulk of the work was working with uh, being there for people who who had AIDS, um, and and that uh, uh, which was really um, uh, uh, really uh, horrendously difficult, uh, uh, challenging in in terms of of, of that. The diseases that uh, the symptoms, diseases people came down with were horrendous. Um, um, oh, awful things. Brain, oh, there's all kinds of everything you could imagine. The, the body gave in, and and you were dealing with all kinds of very very difficult health issues. But that people had trying to survive. They also had no money. Um, um, initially, the first few, um, we were able to advocate with others with the province that that they, that people who had AIDS needed to be registered at, under H so that they had an income because not practically none of them could work. You know, they, their health was too precarious to, to work. They, they maybe be, be okay for a month or six weeks. And then they were, you know, back in the hospital kind of thing. And that too, we were successful with that happening, which made a huge difference. And believe me, um, because uh, part of what we did was raise money for persons with HIV. That was the Ross Armstrong Fund that we set up. Um, and then we had a space in the building for people who had AIDS to come and be part of uh, together um, uh, as part of that. Um, the, 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 um, and then funerals. Oh, and, it was, and, and dealing with families. Um, uh, I mean, I... I remember a fellow that I knew quite well um, for some years who was, I don't know, 26, 27, 25. I kind of forget the exact age. Um, uh, was infected with, came down with AIDS and, and died within like 10 days. It was just real quick. I I, heard, oh I, I saw him goodness. once well, he was in the hospital and that. He came from a smaller town. His parents didn't know he, his family. He had like six brothers and sisters. Didn't know he was gay. Didn't know he was had AIDS. And we had to. We met with his family. Oh, it was oh, it was family, and they brought the six other kids, etc. And that too, um, and and you know they had a dead son they were dealing with, kind of thing in that, um, and um, it was it, it was it was just it was just one of the hardest things that I and others did, kind of thing in that too. It was just really. Um, it was hard because he was somebody, you know, I knew and I knew well and, you know, we're good friends with kind of thing. And then all of this with the family and the rest. Oh, anyway, um, I don't want to go into that. Uh, anyway, that, and that was not, that was typical for many volunteers, not just me kind of thing that I, that specific one, I remember well, mm -hmm. because it was, it was part, we had, we had the funeral, we had to get a funeral home that would do it. We had a ceremony that we, we organized for the family and others here in the city kind of thing in that as well. Um, what did we know about that at our age? Not much, let me tell you, but we learned and, and we, we, we did it because it needed to be done. Um, and they were always very cheerful occasions. Oh, yeah, yeah, always. And, and Ross Armstrong, who became good friends with me and, and others, died exactly two years later on July 1st, 1986. He had moved back to Ontario where he had wow. some family some months before. We had paid for and covered one of our volunteers to go and and uh, live with his family to help in those last number of months kind of thing in that. Um, and when he died, um, uh, because he died on July 1st, 
and I got a call. I talked with him just a couple of days before. I mean, it was me talking, him hardly saying, whispering in that, and that knew it was near the end. Um, I decided not to tell anyone till the next day because July 1st was the holiday. Um, and we did a commemorative ceremony here, um, kind of thing in that, that, that again, we put together. Um, and because he knew so many people and had been so involved, there was a lot of media, of course, about it, as there should be kind of thing in that, too. Um, and that was another time that was that was tough for all of us, um, because so many of us knew him because he was willing to be yeah. out in public kind of thing. In that. And he had a terrible death. I mean, he had all uh, it's awful. Anyway, um, so um, I think the other thing that, that I should mention um, as part of the. Um, I think part of the general public concern that both in the community, but the broader public was that, you know, we were dealing with uh, the fear around homosexuals. I mean, you know, the homosexuals are bad people. They put blah, blah, blah. We were dealing with sex. No one wants to talk about sex, including yeah. most gay men don't say much except, oh, he was really, oh, wow. We had a great night or whatever, but don't go very much further than that. Than that. Yeah. And it was dealing with death. It was those three things together that I think um, uh, were, made all of this very, uh, very difficult for everyone, and including the general public. Um, uh, and we had to address all of that because that was what we had to deal with on a daily basis, kind of th uh, and that. Um, and so um, we gave talks on it. We did, you know, posters. We talked with the media about the aspects. Um, I was part of a small group that did presentations and five different cities across the country kind of on this topic that was sponsored by one of the big hospital associations in the country. Um, uh, we met with the federal minister who was not of any help. And we hung him in effigy in Toronto at a conference that we put together. Um, I, was, I was chair of community aid society at that time. <laughs> we also, and when we met with him, it was in a small ante room. We went even in his office. We left a box of condoms for him, um, kind of thing in that, which I'm sure threw him in a tizzy, whatever. Um, uh, and we handed out <laughs> thousands of condoms in that. We, um, we we did some things that were, you know, a little fun as well. I mean, a number of us would volunteer and we'd go to the, the clubs that were in existence in those days, the, particularly Boots and Saddles, um, the, the the roost and flashback mm -hmm. and we'd go late at night kind of thing and then i did this many times we go um and and we'd hand out condoms as, to people as they were leaving oh oh i don't think this is big enough for you oh you probably need two of them you know i got red ones and green ones what would you like kind of thing. so we'd have a little fun kind of thing that but people always took them uh we also handed out literature and uh, we got them to sign stuff on that too we did all of that it's again all this was before the electronic a period of time um and and so you know that's how you got information and stuff out to folks ab about uh, what was going on um yeah i i think that um the, i think in the general broad edmonton community it, it, it became quite uh, somewhat knowledgeable but quite empathetic and quite sympathetic. I think they admired the fact that the major work was being done by a nonprofit group of volunteers who were part of, most of whom were part of the community, the, the affected community. Um, we were we were most often in the media rather than medical or others. And then I don't want to sound like they, they were important. I don't want to pretend anything different, but I think in the general public, it was seen we were kind of doing that. I think within our community, particularly the male part of the community. This was something no one ever dreamed of being a part of. Most of us had never thought of how to be supportive with others. And and I think a lot of men were brought up that, you know, that's not our work kind of thing in that time. You know, I hate to be, but uh, mm -hmm. that, um, I think, thank God for the women yeah. that volunteered who who helped us all to to know how to do that and how to be sensitive to people and 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 be actually helpful um, kind of thing in that. I think that that was um, uh, part of what uh, what the broader community also saw, um, and and that that um, we were able to move and help the community, the broader community, move past the blaming thing that somehow it was our fault. You know, gays and lesbians it was our fault, and that as as more. You know, partly because other community, other people got AIDS that were not part of our community at all, but also because it was it was a virus that that you could only get in certain ways, and and that that and, and blaming wasn't 
wasn't helpful kind of thing in that too. Not perfectly, um, but it also meant that, and it did mean that we did get governments across the country to to start to put money into dealing with it also. And they put money into local community groups, um, that which was new for them to do through through community health services. Believe me, that was a real, real achievement. Um, um, So I think um, the impact on the community was both that internal, um, I think it brought a lot of people in the community together um not that there was a huge division but certainly there was a a lot of there were things between uh the gay men and the lesbian women's community that at times were a little bit um difficult certainly between the court and the wild rose of drag queens and that all of those folks became part of this and they all um played a role and i think that was very advantageous for the community said every organization whether they were sports whatever all helped in some way or the other they gave literature they raised money whatever um uh, very much a part of it um and and i think that the impact then on um uh currently and and part of what I'm in, involved in is the Edmonton Pride senior group looking at older folks most of us didn't think we'd live this long I, mean, I never thought I'd lived this long during that time, and I think yeah. most of us, and that that are older now, lived through that period and didn't expect that we'd live that kind of thing. Because you didn't know who would get AIDS and who wouldn't, you know, for a very a long period of time. And it really has only yeah. been since what nineteen ninety five, six, seven that there's been um, uh, um, the the treatment that 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 keeps you alive and, and people uh, quite healthy. But before then, everybody died, and that, we all knew people that died. That in Edmonton, yeah. I don't know, I can't even remember anymore. Thirteen, uh, three hundred, five hundred. I can't remember how many died. You know, after a while, it becomes a, a bigger number. But there were always people. Many of them were people that that many of us knew, um, and so that that memory um, for many of us older. It's certainly part of, of of who we are today as older folks thinking about the end of life kind of thing and that and and about um, uh, many most of us found we had to find a way in those days to come out, whether it was just other friends or whatever, and to be part of a community and to work at things. Um, and now we're looking at um ending up perhaps in in senior residence or whatever and those oftentimes would be with people who were pretty other citizens who were pretty negative that were pretty much bullied and cetera and that too and it's like um that is you know many of us are not willing to put up with that any you know that kind of thing either and so so i think it's had some yeah. impact on us all mm-hmm. the way through and that too, and that's an important part of our history oh, as a community because it was so significant for those years. It just dominated everything, and that everything. So, so I've yeah kind of babbled on. <laughs> that's you actually answered quite a few of my yeah. questions just with your babbling. So Mine thank as you. well. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be able yeah. to get into your political <laughs> career today, so that one will have to wait. Oh yeah, um, please. If you've got more questions in that to ask. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I, like I said, I think you answered them all. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on kind of before mm-hmm. we wrap up? Um, I, I, I think that um, I, I, what I, uh, I kind of have said, but, but should emphasize is first of all, there were a huge number of people that were part of this. I, I, I always feel a little bit, you know, people think, yeah, I was involved at the beginning and did help them, but it was hundreds of people that, that worked on it and made it happen. And there were a number of things that were significantly beneficial that wouldn't have happened. I, I didn't mention, for example, that, that we did have um, uh, a, a, a house and a place for people who were really ill and dying could go and and be comforted and cared for, and that was run by Catholic Social Services. Oh, wow. um, agreed to do that, and that it just as other places had houses, and that and that was Catholic Social Service came forward and met with us, and and they did that um, kind of thing, that as well, which made a huge difference. It was it was it was just so, and we had a lot of volunteers that worked there with them mm-hmm. and folks and that too. But they had a place then where you could go and die in comfort and with others and and we get in support and et cetera and that as well. I mean, it's never a happy, I mean, you, you died yeah. and that never, you know, 
Um, so, so I think, you know, that kind of connection that was there, um, uh, it, it, it certainly resonated at the political level and that, uh, that we got um, uh, the province to work on it. We got the federal government as well to get into this. And the city was always helpful. I mean, they, they were the ones that gave us that free rent and that they gave us some of the grants along the way as well. Um, and, and too. Um, so, so, so I, I think that, that there were some things that, that, that came out that were benefit that, that meant a lot to the community and and the the integrity of our community and, and the work that was done by so many uh, as volunteers. Um, at the same time, do want to emphasize how traumatic it was, kind of thing. Of that um, if I got into much more detail, I'd be in tears very of quickly, course, yeah. as as many of us would be, because we don't talk like others. Yeah, you kind of. It's been almost forty years now since we started this kind of thing and that too, and so you 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 kind of. Um, uh, put them somewhat aside uh, and that, but, but I know in talking with some others and that too, um, it brings back very strong emotions and, and that, uh, uh, and, and uh, a sense of um, it, it was tough, but we did it mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I think that's what's important is that, yeah, you take a risk. We did that. Uh, we knew that that there were many people that hated who we were and the rest and that, but we said that it, we're going to get past that, um, and we did it, and we and we did it well, kind of thing that too. So I think that's kind of a message, you know. You work at things and get people moving, and um, you get things done. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. people my age, we can read as yeah. much as we want, but um, yeah. yeah, it's conversations There's like plenty this, to do but, still, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it yeah. it feels a little odd to go into queer joy after that, but um, yeah. like you said, you know, we did it and <laughs> keep going. And yes. um, I think my queer yeah. joy is just yeah having conversations like this um, with yeah. you know elders of my community, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and having you share these stories as hard as they are. So thank you so much for that. Oh no no, it was a long time ago. No, it was important. I'm glad. I, whatever I took part in it at the time kind of like that as well yeah mm-hmm. yeah Paige do you have any no I think uh same as you Becca my career joy was being able to sit down with Michael today and and just hear these conversations and have these talks with with yeah, people yeah. from our community I think it's really important yeah. to get that um that knowledge and the stories that you shared out there yeah 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 is there anything you wanted to end with Michael no, thanks for the opportunity. I, I think that's important. It, it's important that uh, that the history is not Absolutely. lost. Absolutely. Kind of thing in that. And, and this is one way to keep that alive. Absolutely. And that's very important. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much for joining us, Michael. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Delighted. Uh, be kind to yourself anytime. and others. <laughs> oh, thanks. anytime. We will have you back because I do want to talk about your that politics. Would be fun. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, we will see you all next week then. Bye.